time to panic in it my is time M. to panic right like, what do you think let me ask you yeah today like today <laughs> is the day if you asked me this last week i would have said no but today is the day yeah, today is the day to panic in miami um sure you got injuries other It's the football profits. What's up to the happy family? Welcome to a new episode of Football Profits where I'm here with Sandy. I'm your host, Mashek. And uh, on my left, I'm here with Coach David as well. How are you doing today, bro? I'm doing well, Mashek. I'm excited for this episode. I think uh, we got a good one for the listener. Yeah, we got a good one. Finally, uh, Ben Take got praises from you, so... I said he's better than I thought he would be. That's praises. Those are praises. <laughs> we have a pretty amazing show today. Uh, as always, we have our three parts that we're going to talk about. Our first part is going to be about the MLS, some games and uh, talking points we want to bring out on certain games. We're going to talk about the, uh, obviously, Dallas and Orlando. We're going to talk about Miami using the Houston. We're going to talk about the Klaus's injury and a few more things that we have there to talk about with you guys. And we're also going to preview uh, Atlanta and Chicago. We are also going to talk about in our second part. We are going to touch on US and Mexico, which was a great game, a tie game. Um, a lot of young MLS players were involved. Yes, some old MLS players yes, as well. Yes, I need I need to kick out Sandy. <laughs> but all right, for our third part, we are going to cover out of businesses uh, as always, and uh, the child project is back. I'm excited about that. For sure, for sure. Okay, I don't want to ask. I'll just find out at the end. I was going to say what you got. Keep it a mystery. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll tell you what. They were that? on the U.S. roster. Uh, Kid Cowboy. No. He uh, won't guess it, but we can. We can. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Let's. Oh, is it? Did he? Did, 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 was he subbed in? No, he did not feature. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, get started with Orlando and D.C. D.C. finally uh, doing some good things there. Been taking getting the goal. That's my guy. Excited for that. What you got for us on that, Coach? Yeah, so that game ended in a 3-1 win for D.C. Yes. on the road. Um, Orlando is a good team. They haven't been playing well as well as you could expect them to play this season, but they are still a good team. We saw it when they played Tigres and held them to two ties. Um, They're solid, right? So go to Orlando, which is always a tough place to play, and win emphatically, that says something about your team, right? And this is, again, we talk about this a lot. I love when goals are spread out over the course of a game. Yes. Right? You got to go in the 15th minute. 52nd and 62nd minute yeah it just shows that it wasn't just like oh you hit them on the counter real quick they got weak and then you hit them again it shows when that you had when they tied the- for like a, a good period of the game they were so yeah. in the 15th minute taxi fonta scores and then uh in the 23rd minute duncan mcguire scores so you got oh, yeah, about yeah. 30-ish minutes of gameplay there he's, he's been playing good he's a rookie right duncan mcguire yeah he's out of uh, the college system 
Um, third goal, third goal of MLS career. I think. Yeah, yeah. He's doing well. He's he's proven himself well. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it, it, the main thing I want to talk about here is DC United and where they stand in MLS. Right. Mm-hmm. So this win puts them into eighth, which is into that play-in round for the playoffs. Yes, yes. I think I was generous with DC United when I was predicting where they would be. And I think I put them like 10th, 11th, maybe 12th, somewhere in there. Eighth place would be phenomenal turnaround from last year for them, right? And I think if you told them, you know what, nine games into the season roughly a third of the way into the season you'd have um well you'd be in eighth place and you'd have a shot at playoffs i mm-hmm. think they would jump at that in a heartbeat right yeah and i think the bigger thing for me is it's not just benteke being brilliant it's not just taxi fontas being brilliant what brilliant i'm saying it's not that i'm not saying he's brilliant. <laughs> but when you have big name players in little market teams like that, or not little market. DC is a big market team, yes. but in underperforming teams, like they have historically been. Yes, you expect when you see success for it to be the big name players that are bringing the success. You don't necessarily expect it to be just an all around well done team performance like they've been doing in their three wins this season. Yeah, I don't know how much what much can what much else could. Um, I think Bentek has been playing well this season. He's been playing well. I think he's been playing better than I expected for sure. Okay. I don't think he's been playing as well as you would have expected. I think you expected more goals. I think you would have expected him to be he's golden boot. He's even scoring, though. He, he has a few goals this season. So I wouldn't be there's still a lot of games left. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends it with a nice 17. But the, the big question here is, does DC United play, finish in the playoff picture? Uh, I'm, if they keep playing this way, yes. I really, I think they, with uh, Funtas and Benteke, that should be their top up there because they're playing well off of each other. Yeah, for sure, uh, for sure. And try to see how long they could ride this thing. But they, they might just hit that plane and from the plane, you know, hopefully Rooney got the boys humming and they could slink into the playoffs. Yeah, and what I really like here is they got some young players too, and it's not just older veterans. You got some youth that's going to want to come off the bench, prove themselves. Yeah, the coach. they so got good even, individual players. Yeah, so yeah. even if you start to slip partway through the season, you can bring in youth to the side. Yes, and they'll be hungry to yeah, ride and yeah, and show yeah. what they got. Yeah. So I think I think yes, at the end of the season they're going to be maybe not make the playoffs, but they're going to be a team that is still in the hunt uh, on yeah, decision yeah, day. Yeah. And it comes down to the last game of the season. I, I see the path for them to the playoff, I definitely see it uh through uh I see it through the uh uh to the playing tournament. Yes, yeah. that's how yeah, those the yeah. eighth, ninth place game. Yes, sir. All right, awesome. So, anything else you want to add on to that, sir? Before we move on, no, I'm good to go. All right, awesome, cool, 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 cool. So let's look at uh, New York FC versus Dallas. Uh, you seem to think that they've. Uh, is this a question? So this is a question I want to kind of hear from you. You think they figure out their kind of their striker situation? As well, put it here, conundrum. You think they figured that out? 
I do. So this is another 3-1 win, right? And it was convincing. So Santiago Rodriguez is a player that they had and then they sent out and then yeah. they brought back in. Yeah. So he wasn't here at the very beginning of this season for them. He isn't a true number nine. So I think the question I proposed was have New York City solved their striker conundrum, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Talos Magno playing out of position, stuff like that, right? And I think what Santiago Rodriguez does here is he gives you a fluid front three, mm-hmm. and him and Magno can really kind of kind of switch, in switch and over yeah. around, and Pereira can do it as well. Even though Pereira is much better, just purely being wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what he he's not going to be a traditional number nine. Yeah. But I do think he is going to line up in the nine position, and that can work you, out for them. You saw his yeah. two goals this game. One came playing kind of as a nine, and then the other came as a. Um, far post run, yeah, 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 which was more of a left winger, and then Talos Magno's goal came when he shifted inside and was playing more of the nine okay. role. So those two being able to switch back and forth, get the defenses off their marks a bit, I think that that's going to solve. I it. think that that that's a good question. The way you explain that, I think the question is yes, but there's a contingency for me. It's yes if they keep scoring goals. For sure, and but I also like because the way their defense played. Score, yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. If they don't score goals, all that they kind of go back to, you know, do we actually need a an actual Benteke? Yeah, and I think what it's going to happen <laughs> is you're not going to have any player on this team truly in the Golden Boot race. Yeah, yeah. I think you're going to have. 10 plus like everybody from Rodriguez and from Magno. Yes, yes, yes. And them together will be and the best scoring one. duo. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, think Pereira is good too. He, he, he had a he's goal. more of a setup. He, he got a goal called, uh, called Elf yesterday, I believe. He scored the first one that there's a yeah. goal that was yeah. called Elf. Yeah. All right. That's. Uh, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad we touched on that, man. So if you feel that, let's see. Okay, let me. Let me. Uh, their next game. How many goals do you think they're gonna put in? And then that between the their two? next game. Yes. Between. I mean, that's tough, though, because it's just on a game to game basis. And yeah. Um. I think they play. Who do they play next? It's uh, Toronto. So eight. <laughs> Toronto is all <laughs> Um but no, I, I would uh, I would like to see between the two of them get probably two goals and an assist in that game because they should be able to, even though it's in Toronto, they should be able to take this one to Toronto. And we'll, I mean, we'll talk about what Toronto did this weekend and how disgusting that was later um, because they they just look like a hot hot dumpster fire. Um, moment so but yeah i think i think they'll be able to keep this going i think they're playing their next few games are against teams that are traditionally good teams but haven't been performing this season so i think they have a good chance here to get some big wins early in the season before these teams figure it out yeah i think uh sandy's hungry but um but yeah so that's good that's good I'm, i really like the way you put it but uh let's go ahead and move on here nashville and LAFC um, really thought this was going to be either either like 5-5 five, five goal or 1-1 one, one. I mean yeah Nashville such a strong defensive yeah. team you're not going to see too many games with them where it's just opened up yeah and 
I, I was uh, expecting like fireworks. Like I really thought that once Nashville scored and got the lead, that it would end one zero in this game. Really, but something interesting happened here, where in the uh, let's see here, when we get the exact minute here, I think it was the fifty fifth minute, something like that. But Walker Zimmerman mm-hmm. gets subbed out in this game. Yeah. Um, and apparently he was having some groin like soreness and yeah. he just played a full 90 uh, midweek right yeah, yeah, yeah. so they took him out as precautionary thing and then about I don't know three minutes later uh, Denny Bolonga finds himself just wide open okay. unmarked yeah um, nobody's closing him down and he just drills a shot yeah uh, low and into the corner um, and that equalizes so I think if Zimmerman was able to go the full 90, they would have seen this out, yeah. and um, they would have handed LAFC their first loss. Uh, yeah. But LAFC, for the first time this season, going behind and showing that resilience and come to not give up. up. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a different mindset to constantly win, Yeah, but to do so against a good team, against a good team but when you go down mm-hmm. and you're on the road, that really shows championship mentality. Yeah. It's tough, yeah. And my question here is, yes, LAFC from last season got rid of a lot of big name and star players, right? Yeah. Really good players. Yeah. And they're not as deep as they were. Mm-hmm. But I think they're a better team this season than they were last season. Even though they don't have the same players, I think that not having essentially two full teams that rotates through and you don't know who your starters is. I think knowing who your starters are for this LAFC team and and then still having really good subs, but having that definition of who's a starter, who's a sub gives them that solidity and clarity throughout the season and let them gel and figure out a rhythm. Yeah, because everybody everybody knows their actual role, like no one like everybody knows I'm here for this. Yeah. So, so I, I think I think yeah. they're surprisingly gonna be better this year than they were last, which is scary. Do you know they 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 got the championship last year, right? Yeah. Can't get any better than that. I mean you can. They won the championship <laughs> and they got the uh and they got the supporter shield. So this year they gotta get a US Open Cup and maybe a Champions League. Let's let's see how that goes. Let's see how that goes for them. All right, coach. Um all right, that's pretty cool. So let me uh let me ask you about this about Miami and uh and Houston, right? Um Houston is not a very good team. They're okay, but yeah, not very good. Yeah. And uh, Miami, we weren't too high on them as well. I don't think I had them making the playoffs. I I had them making it, but I had them a little bit deeper. I think I think I can't remember exactly, but it was I had them right around the playoff mark. Um, but yeah, this is the question I had here: is is it time to panic in it's Miami? Time to panic, right? Like, what do you think? Let me ask you. Yeah. Today, like today is the day. <laughs> if you asked me this last week, I would have said no. But today is the day. Yeah, today is the day to panic in Miami. Um, sure, you got injuries. Other teams have injuries and do, are doing better, right? The Sounders have plenty of injuries and are still one of the top teams in the league, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is worrisome. You got a number ten that isn't performing at a number ten level. Yeah. Your your only hope at this point is if somehow you pull the miracle and land Lionel Messi. Um, 
And I don't know if you heard, but Lionel Messi recently was seen in Barcelona with his family with 15 suitcases. Lionel, for real? Now, he could have just been on vacation, but 15 suitcases. <laughs> I know he's rich. Rich people do things he different. travels with his uh, Ballon d'Or, man. He has it in there. He's, he's got leave. a different suitcase for every <laughs> yeah, Ballon d'Or. You don't leave it at home. <laughs> but, yeah, so I don't know if they're going to get messy, but that's, that's at this point, like, Joseph didn't start this game. The, yeah, saw that. It, it's it's falling apart in my. Yeah, I was gonna say he's not injured. No, no, he just hasn't been producing. And they wanted to try. Neville said from the get go he wanted to play Campania and um, Martinez together uh, as a two striker formation. And he did that one game. It didn't work. So then he just completely scraps it. Just one game. Yeah. So it's like how, as a manager. You can't just give up on plan A yeah, yeah, yeah. immediately. You got to give it time to gel yeah. when you have new players coming in, stuff like that. So, I don't know if I if I was an Inter Miami fan, which thankfully I'm not, I would be panicked <laughs> right now because be this, this this season is is looking to be a throwaway season for Inter Miami. Yeah, I don't. I mean, we both said that that Joseph. I, we both didn't think Joseph was going to do this much, that much anyway, uh, to the team, but. <sighs> I don't know if I hate. Uh, I'm panicking because I didn't expect much from them, so I'm like, I'm cool. No, I'm 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 full on hitting the panic button right now. I'm cool. I don't know what they expected. All right, cool. So St. Louis, uh, obviously tying yesterday. St. St. Louis might be for real now. Yeah, like, St. Louis might be for real. They they looked good. Um, although I would say. I can figure out how to use my left hand here. <laughs> uh, I would say that Colorado looked better than them this game. Yeah, but Colorado is a team that is sneakily good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they are much better than their position would show. Yes, and I think that they are going to be better. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've seen it kind of the last couple games, and they got another late equalizer from Barrios. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they don't give up. They don't give up. And honestly, though, so in this game, Berkey kept St. Louis in it. Some of his saves were phenomenal. Like, I think some of them, yes, most goalkeepers in the league would save. Yeah. But it would have been parried back out into play mm-hmm. for a potential second opportunity. He held on to them and kept possession. And I'm just looking at this. I'm like, I don't think there's a keeper in this league that would have held the ball in this shot or to that shot. You know what I mean? There's two different scenarios. That's what you get game. when you get Berkey, though. That's massive. So, what did he say? Yeah. I knew it would be massive. Whoever but, constructed this team as a new expansion team has to get some sort of trophy. They constructed it to be the most exciting, like, first year for a franchise ever. Yeah, no, it, it's phenomenal. But there is a big worry here. Yeah. If I said St. Louis superstar, who would you say? Klaus. Klaus. Yeah. There you go. No, no doubt you about it. Klaus. You ask anyone <laughs> yeah. who their best and most important player is, it's Klaus. Yeah. He gets subbed off this game for injury. Yeah. Um, I have a hate quote to see here from uh, Bradley Cornell, the manager, post game. He felt his quad a little bit. So precautionary to pull him out. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's still too soon to tell the severity. It's too soon to have a look and see, but he says it doesn't feel that bad. Yeah. So whatever that may mean. And we'll just have access or we'll just have to assess over the next 24 to 48 hours. I don't know it's a uh, good uh, sign yeah. if a manager says, so whatever that means. No, no, I that scares me. But I also think how many ballers go, oh yeah, this is the worst pain I've ever felt. Right, yeah. <laughs> this is ever like they're gonna always say, "I can play, I can play, coach." <laughs> Spoo some ice on it, coach. I'm good. Like, oh yeah, coach. This is the worst. Like, nah. And I, he also knows he's important to his team, so they subbed him off about the 62nd minute. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, it's nothing too bad. Maybe a week or two. I hope for that. Uh. I, I think they could go one game without him. They can do a game or two. Yeah. Um. Luckily, I think they have. I think they have a uh, U.S. Open Cup game coming up here this midweek. He clearly will not play in that. Yeah, they do. Their next game is U.S. Open Cup versus Union Omaha. He's not going to play that, and I think they should be able to handle Union Omaha without him pretty easily. The next game is Portland, who I believe we've seen them play earlier this season. It was one of their five wins to start the season, and Portland is not in a good place right now, regardless of their big statement win over the Sounders um, so I think they could handle that one the big question here is you go past that and you go into FC Dallas FC Dallas look good I don't know if they're going to be able to do that they might get a tie they might get a 0-0 tie but I don't know if they're going to score with I think well. tie is the best the best outcome out of that game if they don't have club but if you get through that game then you have Chicago then you have Sporting then you have Vancouver. Wow. So you have a fairly easy schedule right there. Yeah. Which is good. And then you get LAFC. Yeah. So I think he's so he's not going to be out in my mind a month here. So yeah. Do you think it's going to be But if they can get past Dallas, they can kind of rest him up yeah. to get him back. Yeah. So I think this injury happening at the time it's happening, best case scenario for them. Yeah. Uh, that is unless it happens to be like a two month long injury. Yeah, uh, it's not. It doesn't no, sound man. like it. We want we want him back too. I mean, he's we, fun. Yeah, man. he's my. Yeah, he's we don't want to becoming one of my yeah. favorite players. One of the thing about the show, we don't want to see any player injury. Everybody be healthy, so we can watch all the games. Yeah, we want the best <laughs> this week. Yeah, we want you guys to be okay. Make your money, guys. Go go out there and perform. But I, I am a little. A little worried when I hear managers say so. Whatever that may mean, yeah, like that just it doesn't. You also have to know confidence. MLS managers are on like the best, like, like uh, what am I trying? Media train manager. That's true, but yeah. still, I don't. I don't know if I like that. I don't I, know if I like that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't read too much into it. All right. Well, it looks like other than that, we're turning the page. It looks like my LA Galaxy are back. Chicharito. Man, I felt like I feel like we just won the World Cup. <laughs> you guys had a really good game versus LAFC uh, last week, and I was stunned. It was your guys' best performance this season, even though it was another. This is our best game. We won. Um, this is our best game. But what I really like here is the formation change that the manager went with. Of course, that people have been asking for forever. I've been asking for it for a couple weeks now. Well, I think is- even preseason, I was asking for it, and. You change it up to a three-five-two. You get both Chicharito and Jovalich yep. up there, and you score goals. And in this game, Chicharito scores the first goal, and yes. he's assisted by Jovalich. Yeah. Second goal comes from Ricky Puj. Yeah. Right. 
Um, Miki Puj, this game, or this season so far, as a DP, as who is supposed to be an MVP frontrunner for many people, right? Yeah. Hadn't had a goal and an assist this entire season. And we're, what, nine games in, I think, for them? Yeah. He gets a goal and an assist this game. So this might open things up. This, hopefully, yes. This hopefully opens the floodgates, lets them play a little more free, because they did have that really good game against LAFC, that 3-2 thriller. And now they go to play an Orlando City, who haven't been great. A Colorado, who I think are better than people are giving them credit for, but aren't great. San Jose, who are good, but not great. Columbus Crew, who are good, but not great. DC United, who are good, but not great. You get what I'm saying here? Oh, yeah. They have an opportunity to like not, make not, this up. Yeah, like yeah, build some confidence. Run of yeah. games, but I should be able to. If you play well, you should be able to get take care of them. Yeah. So and build that confidence back up. Yeah. I think it's starting to look good. I I think you know come the halfway point of the season. We'll be able to look back at the LAFC and Austin games for and them that and say the this point. was the turning point for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm excited. If I was an LA Galaxy fan, I would be be very happy with what I've seen I the am. last two games. I am. So I am. If you're wondering, good for you. You're still one of the worst teams of the. Remember when we uh, we played FIFA yesterday and I had LA Galaxy. I don't. I, I was not surprised you wanted to bring that up. <laughs> it didn't go well for you. <laughs> it did not go well for me at all. Remember then when you switched to PSG and I still had the Sounders? Still didn't go well for you. <laughs> Messi looks good though. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and um, go on to a game that's going on today. Uh, I believe it's going to be about four thirty that this game is going to be playing. And by today, we record on Sunday, guys. Uh, so uh, by the time anyone listens to this, the game will be finalized and our opinions will look silly. But uh, let's do it regardless. So I'm, I'm going to focus here less on what I think. We'll give our predictions, but I want to focus yes. less on that because by the time people listen, they'll already know the outcome. So our predictions yeah. aren't going to mean anything, even if we nail it. What I want to focus here on is for the viewer is... If Kai Kamara scores, this is going to be in Atlanta. He has never scored in Atlanta. It will be his 27th different MLS team, different MLS stadium he has scored in, in his career, which will be a record. So he has scored against 26 other teams, right? Some of those teams don't even exist anymore. Not anymore. Right? Like, I'm talking to you, Chivas USA. (laughs) He, He has shown... The, to to last the test of time, right? And we've already talked about how he is the record where he has scored for 10 different MLS teams. Now he's about to score against 27 different, uh, potentially score, I don't want to jinx him, yeah. against 27 different MLS clubs. And he's currently the uh, third and about to take, probably this season, will become the second all-time goal scorer in MLS. Like, People are not talking about Kai Kamara enough. And I think that's partly because he hasn't been a one-club man, you know? Yeah. Like, there's no team in this league that will look at him and be like, that's our, uh, like, talismanic player. He's one for the history books for us. No, because he's only been there a year or two and then he moves. But he's been consistently good at every single team he's been. Yeah. So I I think people will need to stop sleeping on Kai Kamara before he retires. for that number one spot. That is going to be very, very tough. Um, that's Landon Donovan. 
and he's he's he'd probably have to play another two seasons for that at minimum. Yo, Donovan. And he'd have to be very good for those two seasons. Yeah. So I, I think he's not gonna reach it, but I do think this season he will get the second spot. Yeah, Donovan was uh was a was a, a nice uh freaking nature. He but. he was an MLS legend for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, what's uh, I even forgot what I was gonna say about Kamara as we were talking, but it's definitely a uh, a record book walking man. That dude uh, deserves all of his flowers. So give it to him when you can. Uh, always say some good things about him. Got nothing bad to say about my guy. He reminds me of like uh, uh, he's like the Vance Carter of MLS for me. I can deal with that. I can yeah. deal with that. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. All right. That covers it. Hey, prediction before we move. Who do you think wins? 1-1 one, one tie. Kai Kamara gets his goal. I say 2-1. You think Atlanta is really going to tie with Chicago? I haven't been incredibly convinced by Atlanta recently. Yeah, Atlanta just started on fire. And yeah, then it's just kind of yeah, trickled. Died. Yeah. They got embers going yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, cool. Well, this is out. This is a good place to end our first part. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with it. Oh. It's the full. All right. Ah, oh, so we're back for second part, where we're gonna be talking about. The game that everyone is talking about, man. Everyone is kind of down on U.S. right now. So U.S. went against Mexico. Uh, I think I think U.S. should have lost that game, man. Mexico should have won that game. Mexico if you, if you look at this, the first 20 minutes of this game or so, 25 minutes, USA were dominant, right? Mexico, when they had the ball, they I may have had the man. I said they were playing, but good. they couldn't get. Mexico couldn't break down our two blocks of four. So, um, and the only team that could break down the defense was USA breaking down um, Mexico There's for the first 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. There's so 90 minutes to a game. But what I want to point out here, a couple things is yeah, I'm getting, I'm hearing a lot of hate on Twitter for for this. U.S. team, and essentially it's people, Euro subs, hating the MLS players and thinking they all suck, right? And they're talking like, oh, this is disgusting. How are you going to do this against the Mexico B team? Well, I decided... Well, I want to introduce this. This okay. is this is going to be a thing where Coach Coach David is very a little different from me where he's very uh, factual, where numbers... I, I love numbers. Yeah. I love stones. So I think, I think we should do this. This should be a segment every time you have to break something down, and it'll be Coach David with the math. This is a math podcast. We've proven that a few episodes. Coach David with the math. So let us know what, what is the math saying? What is the math saying? So I went through and I looked at the starters for the USA team in this game and the starters for the Mexico team. And then I decided I'm going to look at those players and see how many minutes they played in the World Cup, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of players for both teams got zero minutes, either because they were deep subs in the World Cup or they didn't make the roster at all, right? Um, so what it ended up doing is I added up all the minutes covered for USA they counted for 709 minutes played in the World Cup. Yeah. The USA played 3,960 minutes in the World Cup. So that's roughly 17.9% of minutes played in the World Cup. So you can essentially say that's roughly 18% of 
USA starters. Yes. Right? Um, Which is less than a quarter. Right? Very little. Less than a fifth. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Mexico, on the other hand, again, not a Mexico A team, but they had 900 minutes accounted for on this starting 11 of only 2,970 minutes. Because they played one less game because they didn't get out of the group. Yeah. Um, So... That makes up 30.3% of their World Cup minutes, right? So for those people on Twitter talking and saying like, oh, how, like, 1-1, we were the worst team. Like, we should have lost this game. We got lucky that we tied. It should have been 2-0 against a Mexico B team. All that is true, but it wasn't like we rolled out a USA A team or even a USA B team, right? If this was a Mexico B team, then it has to be considered a USA C team. Yeah. All right. 30 is greater than 18. And so. I want to point out here that, yes, we had Serginio Dest playing, who yeah. had our most minutes of anyone on this team. <laughs> yeah. But he was playing at left back. The World Cup, he played right back. So, yes, even though one of our players was a starter for the U.S. men's national team, he was playing this game out of position. So yeah. that's not the same thing. I Yeah, but I'm this also... Very yeah. much so a C team. Yeah. Also, you don't penalize a right back or a left back for <laughs> like oh everyone else is playing everyone else is not the people that played in the world cup but we have a right back although he yeah. was instrumental in the goal oh, oh yeah, yeah he was absolutely yeah. instrumental yeah after, without him after, we would not have tied yeah, yeah. this game yeah because he got the ball to morris morris got the ball to to uh so let's let's go over that goal i just want to touch on the usa goal here it was um I believe it was Antuna who scored their first goal for Mexico. And again, he's shooting. I think it was Antuna. It might have been Sanchez. But he was shooting, and it was a curler. It hit off the crossbar. Would have been, like, top 90. Would have been a phenomenal shot. Hits off the crossbar. Falls to Walker Zimmerman. Walker Zimmerman then has a defender or an attacking player pressuring him. He chips the ball over the defender to uh Serginho Dest. Serginho Dest is under pressure by like three dudes. Just kind of quickly dribbles in between them all, gets through, plays a beautiful out ball up the line in the channel to Morris, who then plays an outside the foot, so outside of his right foot cross. Yeah. To Ferreira. Now people are hating on this deflection. Because they said, oh it was a bad pass, it took a deflection. It wasn't a bad pass. It that's what they're saying. Like it was a good pass because if he put it any bit further up the field, the defender would have completely gotten it. That was any bit further pass. to the goalkeeper, the, goal the goalkeeper would have gotten it. He, he got right in between, and it took the yeah. slightest touch off yeah. of a toe. Yeah, right. And that touch made it harder for Ferrer, not easier, yeah. harder yeah. for it. And Ferrer, all he had to do was just change the direction. Just he put didn't the ball on target. Didn't have to put too much into it. So now I will say Ferrer's celebration. He did the Ronaldo like I'm here. Like hitting his chest and then pointing down at the ground, like this is me. I'm here. I've that arrived. I've arrived. That's I'm the man. I'm like, mm. he's trying to get that 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 spot, that uh, that that striker spot. But <laughs> I will say, overall, um, I was impressed with this USA C team. I I thought we played really well. I thought yes, we were under pressure, but it was against an okay Mexico side, yeah, yeah. a better Mexico side, and they were able to find it out. And now. Going through this, we want to play a little game of stock up, stock down. Stock up, stock down. 
talk it through real quick? Yeah, so we are just going to, uh, based on the game, we're going to see who's, who's player we looked at and we said, oh, his stock went up, like, based on just that game that impressed us, that put a good performance. And we're also going to have stock down players where we just like, yeah, we expected more, didn't get that from you. So uh, your stock is going now, and uh, we're going to sell all our stocks on you. All of it. We're not invested anymore. We're done with you. And I'm sure it's the me, the mean one on this ship. All right. <laughs> All right. Who's who? You got for your stock up? Who you got? Stock up. I'm going with the young San Jose wide player, Cade Cowell. Um, I thought he looked okay again in that first 25 minutes when the U.S. were were on top. Um, he played really well and he looked goal dangerous. Yeah. But for most of the game, I wasn't really focused on his. Um, his offensive abilities, but what he was doing defensively and protecting Serginho Dest. Serginho Dest is an attacking player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he loves to get up. And some things that you say about Serginho Dest is he is a great attacking player, a bad defender, which isn't yeah. what you want to hear about your defender. But <laughs> Cade Powell well, did a really yeah. good job at protecting him. Um, the U.S. played an interesting formation where when we were attacking, we were playing with a one-striker system. Right, and then when we were defending, we were essentially defending with two strikers, four midfielders, and then four defenders, all in flat lines, and that really made it hard for Mexico to break down. And they kept trying to go down USA's left side of the field there, and they just weren't getting past Cowell and Dest. And I was just really impressed with him there, because you think a youngster wanting to prove himself at the national stage, national team stage. He's a goal scorer by trait, right? That's where his heart is. You'd think he'd be trying very hard to prove himself as a goal scorer here. But he took that discipline to say, no, the coach has tactics set up for me. I'm going to play it the way the coach wants. I'm not going to try to ball out. I'm going to be smart, and I'm going to play a good positional game. And he did that. So I was I was very impressed with him in this performance. Yes. No. You want to give your uh, stock up? Yeah, uh, I was gonna give a little uh, rebuttal for you, but I'll go with my stock up. Uh, for me, I was uh, it was between Farah and uh, and uh, Jordan Morris, um, but I ended up going with the goal scorer, obviously, uh, just because he scored a goal. Uh, that that was really what put him up for me. I didn't think coming into the game that he'll be able to score the goal. Scoring a goal, celebrating like that, I and, and one thing I I, I I really liked about him is that he played hard. You can see that he was trying. I can tell that he's not going to be our striker for the World Cup once he comes. But I was just pleased with seeing how hard he was playing and how exciting. Uh, it was for him to score that goal. It's like he was waiting for that. So, yeah. so that's my stock up. And what I want to point out here with Ferreira, he's not a true number nine, and he's not a true number ten. He's that second striker role. Yeah. And the U.S. doesn't really play with that. So he was playing the ten in this game. Yeah. In the World Cup, he played the nine, right? And what I want to point out is people were really hating on the way he was playing for most of this game. Yeah. And he how, played hard. He played, he played hard, hard, but yeah. almost every time he got the ball, it was get the ball, give the ball, get the ball, give the ball, right? And you could tell that that was something that the manager, Anthony Hudson, went over with him. You have to get rid of this ball faster. He put some really beautiful passes into Jordan Morris. Yeah. And honestly, Jordan Morris should have scored earlier on in this game. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but 
I just thought he played that number 10 role really well for a player that isn't a number 10. Yeah. Um, at times he got caught a little too defensively, a little too deep, and he kind of got in with our two defensive uh, midfielders, mm -hmm. and we didn't really have an outlet once we won the ball defensively because he wasn't up about 15 yards higher yeah. with them. Um, so that would be my one criticism of him, but overall I thought he played really well for mm -hmm. where he is in his career. Yeah. Um, and I think he probably will make the uh, U.S. squad in the next World Cup four years from now, but uh, won't be starting. It won't be, yeah. It won't be. All right. Awesome. That's what we got there. Who you got for your, uh, for your stock down? This, for me, was an absolute no-brainer. Sean Johnson, goalkeeper, yeah. U.S. Men's National Team, Toronto. Um, I like I don't, to say we were, we were really high on him this offseason. We were, and he's been really, really good every other year yes right but my my main issue is here sean johnson early 30s right he's going to be i think 37 when the next world cup rolls around he's not going to be a player that's going to be on this roster right we're going to have enough experienced and older players like matt turner zach stefan ethan horvath at that point he's not going to be on your roster squad so this is a guy that you right now are looking for at this gold cup and wondering or nations league and wondering where he's at right so it's not someone whose stock is going to be up or down for the world it cup it's up, going to yeah. be for this summer right and the thing here is he didn't look great he made a couple good saves but he got the ball at his feet four times this game four times the u.s lost possession right so every time he got a back pass he twice hit it out of bounds or twice just tried to hit it long and it went to a Mexican player, right? That's not good enough. Like modern soccer, goalkeepers aren't just stop stoppers. They're facilitators. They have to be able to break the pressure mm -hmm. and start the attack down the mm -hmm. other way, right? Like mm -hmm. it isn't the 70s anymore where goalkeepers just have to be <laughs> like pumas in the goal and can forget everything else with their feet, right? Yeah. Um, the game in the position has advanced and grown and sean johnson hasn't and the thing i was dis disappointed here is we had a lot of young players that have never played for the national team before on this roster but very few of them got the call up right kate cowell is an exception there right i would have loved to see drake calendar step into this game right okay instead of instead of uh sean johnson in the first place okay have sean johnson there in trainings with him kind of showing him as a veteran how to do it helping him grow oh, let yeah. him be that guy uh -huh. um is sean johnson always a top five or so goalkeeper legend um in this league but last season drake calendar finished third in gold Wait, of the year vote you, are you talking about his body of work or just this season this season and last season and last season and last season okay so what you throw last season but if you're talking strictly this season i wouldn't count him as top five this season sean johnson no nah. no but what i'm trying to say is here like he was good last year right and he was in the world cup he was a backup didn't play but you have a goalkeeper who last year finished higher than him in the goalkeeper of the year votings uh, the eye test looked better than him and is younger and could be a player for the future potentially why are you going to start sean johnson there I, already like just go into it trying to get young players and i would have loved to see drake calendar i think match. you used to i think for me i'm probably thinking maybe they were witnessing the end of a legend and 
Yes, but he's not. He's a MLS legend. He's not a U.S. legend. Like he's not a legend for the national team. But there's just a guy. No, there's respect there, though. Yes, but there also. I mean, I think the respect there is having him in the midst of a torrid season, being on the U.S. roster. He shouldn't be near this roster based on how he's playing this year. You're right. Right. You're right. Based so I just, think the rest respect on, is just yeah. having him in, but. It, Give those minutes, valuable minutes in a friendly that ultimately doesn't matter. Give that. I mean, to Drake Calendar. Maybe, maybe they were impressed with him there in training or something, or they were simply unimpressed by Drake Calendar. Yeah, right. Like, like that well. could be the other thing. He might have just really had a bad time in the camp. Yeah, that um, could be it as well. But I don't know. I would have liked to see Drake Calendar get the start. But again, we're not in the locker rooms. We're not on the training pitches. We don't know what it's looking like. Yeah. But that's what I would like to see. And I think Sean Johnson was culpable at times for the U.S. consistently being under pressure, leading to a goal. And I think I think he has to be looked at here in a bad light. So he's my stock now. Yeah. No. And 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 I think I I kind of told you this. I was like, hey, I we we may have the same stock down. Because he's mine as well. And, well, not all the way. When I first talked to you, I always talk, I mentioned both the both uh, center backs. And I pushed back against that. I think I, think I wasn't pleased Walker with Zimmerman was fine. I think it was really um, the LAFC uh, Aaron Long center back. I, w- I was... He shocked me, but I think as center back, when your partner ain't doing as good... You both kind of are just put in a bad position. True, bad position. But I think Walker Zimmerman worked the team out of some situations that game. I thought yeah. he did really good. And again, he was the first pass of our goal. But I was like, as a as a duo of center back, there's a certain position where I was like, we shouldn't be in that. So position. I did. Yeah. So I went but, through this, and I wanted yeah. a completely different lineup. Um, you wanted a completely different line? Yeah, going into it. And again, this is me looking at it just from the players that got called in, not knowing how they looked in practices, leaning yeah. up, right? Like, just from the outside, so team, not knowing about attitudes. Yeah, 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 you know what we see yeah. in the league. Yeah. I would have really liked to see uh, Matt Miazga of FC Cincinnati start there. Um, I think we've seen enough of Aaron Long, and we know that he's not really right now an L- or a, yeah. a U.S. men's national team cal- caliber player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would have liked to see him and Walker Zimmerman start together because that way you have experience, age there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would have liked to see Sergio Dest start at the right back, his and natural, natural position. position. Yeah, yeah, And then you give the youngster Caleb Wiley the start. At he left. got him in super late to the game. The, like two minutes. What's the defender going to do in two minutes? Yeah. Right? Pointless. Pointless minutes there. Yeah. That really bothered me. At least put him in in the like 70th minute. That would have been that would have been real nice if he would if he would have started. Yeah. So I would have liked that. And then you have Caleb Wiley there, and I think that would have. He, he can hold his own. Is on now. Don't tell me it was like they were scared of something because he's that young. He could. He could. My 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 guy could play now. Yeah. And then I would have liked to then yeah. see. A substitute, like a pre-planned substitute, like 60th minute or so, and you get Joshua Winder in at one of the center back roles, but you take off to say uh, Jesus Ferreira or someone like that, or I, it would it would be uh, yeah, probably Jesus Ferreira that you would take off and you'd switch to a three-five-two. Okay, and 
you would then still be able to keep Wiley at really what is his preferred wingback position because nice. he is an attacking player. Yeah. And then you'd still be able to have the experience around him on the field and you'd be able to give Winder some really good minutes, um, a MLS next or USL level player, and he would be surrounded by Miazga, uh-huh. Zimmerman, I'm, I'm, Dest. I'm thinking about it now. Like, if you have Wiley and Dest as like your right back and left back, Imagine like how much the wingers in the midfield may have to be staying back. Well, so that's what would happen. So then because it would be Wally and Dest are going up. It would be up. one defensive midfielder would have to cover back. Yeah. So in this game, it would have been like an Acosta type or yeah. um, a James Sands. Uh, so, and that's fine. Like you see that all the time with um, um, Manchester City. And Pep Guardiola is back when Cancelo was still on the team. Yeah, he would just bomb up the field always, and it would just be a defender coming back. Or with Liverpool, Trent Alexander bombing up the field, coming into that more central midfielder role. Yeah, and then it was like a Thiago or a Henderson coming in to cover back. Now, yeah, you see that that is a true tactic, and it works. You just have to have that. Yeah, and I would have liked and a great understanding that. of that. Like, like the players have to have a great understanding of that. Yeah, know? yeah. But I just feel like we have enough quality. We should try to get young players mixed in. Um, Jimmy Conrad, who is a defender, starting defender for the U.S. Men's National Team um, generations past, he hosts a podcast, and he was saying how he wanted his starting lineup to include um, Winder as center back, left-sided center back, and then Caleb Wiley at left back, and then Cade Cowell at left wing. And I'm thinking that is too much inexperience and youth all on the same side of the field without veteran coverage, right? I would have liked to see some of the, more of those young players sprinkled in, but surrounded by veteran players, yeah. right? So I wasn't mad that we didn't get to see all of them, but I would have liked to see a different way to line that team up and get some young players submitted while being covered yeah. by true veterans. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, that's um, that we're on the same page on that. We're going to go ahead and um, uh, move on here. Great question that we have here to address um, regarding our team here is should Anthony Hudson uh, move from interim head coach to an actual head coach position? What do you what do you think? So for me, I think what we are seeing from him is good. It still looks like Greg Bearhalter type of soccer where yeah. we're playing the beautiful game, right? Like we're not just playing that nitty gritty grind it out type of soccer that we've seen from USA teams past where they just, whatever it is to get the result. No, we want to be the best team. We want to play good soccer. We want to play expansive soccer. We want to play Tiki Taka, hit him in different types of ways off the counter, off the buildup, off of switches, right? That expansive type of soccer. Yeah. That I think at the first team level, the A team level, we have the players for, right? Yeah. And I really like that Anthony Hudson is keeping that going. Yeah. I really like some of the tactical setups he's done. So, like, in that game, how we were set up on the attack was um, completely different than how we were set up defensively. So, on the attack, they were set up as a four-back, two holding midfielders, three uh, kind of attacking midfielders, and then a striker, right? So, what you would call 4-2-3-1, right? Um and that worked really well for us on the attack. And then when we shifted to defense, 
What happened was Morris and Cowell shifted back to make it a flat back four alongside Sands and Acosta. Oh, okay, okay. So it was okay, four so defenders and then four midfield there, and then and two then attack. two strikers yeah. because Ferreira would become up and oh, Ferreira and Masquez both pressed. That's so smart. what it did was you allowed two players to press high on the line, and then you still had two walls of four defensively that made it really hard in that first 30 minutes for Mexico to figure out how to break it down yeah and they kept trying to hit cross ball switches onto Yedlin's side and Yedlin and Morris were dealing with it beautifully yeah um so I really like that tactical formational change from offense to defense Mm -hmm. and I thought that was really really good and you've seen kind of things like that with um Greg Bearhalter and how he would use Weston McKenney Weston McKenney defensively and you can kind of see that's the same mindset of tweaking things a little thing yeah. that we haven't seen with managers past. Yeah, that's and what you I'm worried get in and out of that very yeah, fast. And yeah. what I'm worried is if we go with a completely different manager yeah. who hasn't been around the locker room at all, who has only maybe managed the French national team or managed um, Chelsea before, right? Yeah. That they're going to come in with completely different ideas and change everything that we've been working forward yeah. for. And I really think the U.S. has made immense, uh, like, bounds of success this, yeah. with Greg Bearhalter. Yeah. And I think we have to keep building on that. So I think, for me, it either has to be Greg Bearhalter or Anthony Hudson as the head coach. Yeah, because it has to be someone familiar with the players and familiar with the system yeah. and wants to keep playing in a similar way so that we can continue to grow on the like building blocks that we've already started over the past four years or so. Yeah. Um, so for me, I would like to still see Greg Bearhalter come back in. Um, obviously, it's going to wait until there's a sporting director. Um, I, I want to see this soon. I really don't want us to keep an interim all the way through the Gold Cup. Yeah. Like I want a true coach in for the Gold yeah. Cup. So whether that is you you bring in Bearhalter, you bring in Anthony Hudson permanently or you bring in an outside candidate i just want it to be done before the gold cup this summer and i'm a little worried it won't but for me right now i would say anthony hudson is my number two choice behind greg Bearhold. yeah we've been talking about this for a while what are they waiting for to start hiring i have no clue i would have thought it would have been done a month yeah because no clue because my thing is if you're gonna not if you're gonna get someone who's not Bearhalter or um or uh, Anthony Hudson, you have to do it yesterday, or the, don't do it. The thing is, they are waiting for them to get a technical director first or a sporting do director. It. They, yeah, why haven't you hired that yet? And is that person then is going to need time to then go through all the candidates and figure out their selection? So it's not like, going to be. How long does the interview process take for that? A couple weeks. It, it's been months. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. You know I don't know. It, it's, it's clearly shown that there's no contingency or long-term planning with u.s soccer which is something i think we've all known for a while yeah but it, it's because the one thing about new managers as we notice like managers coaches they they have a sense of proud to whoever they are like they, they have that that's why you make it and that's why you go all the way to that level because you think my tactics can win games and and when you come in, you're not going to be like, oh, this has been working for 20 years. I'm going to just chill. Y'all keep doing what y'all been doing. No, you bring in, you bring your voice, you bring whatever you've been doing because you thinking I'm brought here and I need to win my way so I can show that I won. You know, so if they hire someone new, like you've said, there's going to be a lot of changes being made. 
And what I really don't like is we've been a very good attacking team. Yeah. Some of the people that they've been throwing out there. Very defensive minded. Jose Mourinho. <laughs> Jose is not taking this job. He might. Jose is not taking this job. Um, well, he, Jose might. Think about this. This is a good, promising, young team. That just hate me, Jose. That is mind. going to be hosting a World Cup. You know how often it is that you get to be the host country of a World Cup? You might. That's an honor. I just, I just picture with his accent, just talking to them. It would be a nightmare. It would be just, it would be polar. It, I think he's a good coach, but it would be polar opposites of what Bearhalter and this whole program has been going think, for. I don't think that, I mean, no, no knocks on like, on like America, but Jose will, will hurt some of those players' feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think it has to be in my mind. It has to be someone that's with the program already. Yeah, because most of the players <laughs> love Greg. Bear. Don't get Jose. Get 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 bring bring him back or get Hudson on the payroll and let's let's move forward. Take care of that so we can finalize a roster and move on from there. But yeah, yeah. that's all we got for that. We're gonna take a quick break here, uh, and then we should be back for our third and final part. And. It's the and we're back for our final and third part where we're going to be covering uh, our national woman uh, soccer league. The, the NWSL. The yes. NWSL. Took me a while to figure out that's what you wrote when you said the, uh, the rundown. But uh, we figured it out. And then we're also going to talk about Child Prodigy. Um, always excited for this. Coach is gonna get us started. What you got for us? What you got for us on the women's league? So, the top flight women's professional league, NWSL, National Women's Soccer League, as Monsieur pointed out, mm-hmm. uh, recently started up, and it's a little interesting because there's also the Challenge Cup, which has started up, which is a tournament, kind of like the Open Cup but it's only four teams in the NWSL. So all teams in the NWSL are also in this tournament that is happening at the same time as the league. So that's kind of unique. You don't see that very often. And they're playing no outside competition or anything like that. But the point of the Challenge Cup is they they talk about trying to make it more pay equity amongst women and men's sports. So the winning team of that tournament gets a million dollars that gets distributed amongst the players, right? Nice, nice. Um, which isn't true pay equality because, I mean, A, it's not going to all the women's players, and B, it's not just going to the women's players. They have to go play extra games, right? Like they have to do an extra tournament where the men's team isn't that way. And so it's a little different. It's a million dollars. It's it's a step in the right direction. Splitting a million dollars is not that much. And last year, the prize was only $500,000, so they doubled it. But that is the goal of it. Um, So it's a tournament inside of happening at the same time as league play. Um, Now, what I want to bring up here is, as we talked about last episode, the U.S. women's national team being so incredibly dominant, right? And how incredible they are to watch and the level of play that you get to see most players on that team are in this league right 
Like, this is different from watching MLS play, where literally the best players of the sport play in this league, right? You don't have to watch uh, the Premier League to watch the best women's soccer players. It's at home. You can go to a team that's in your, your region, and you can go watch these players live, right? Yeah. Uh, and there are 12 teams. It is one conference, so across the whole country. So there's a lot of travel in these leagues. Um, top, I believe, six teams make the playoffs of this, right? So with that, I want to go over some of the names of players that are in this league. And it's just incredibly star studded It's literally our version of the Premier League for women's soccer, right? Um, you got Alex Morgan, mm-hmm. Megan Rapinoe, Kristen Press, Mallory Swanson, who we talked about with her knee injury, or uh, I think it was her Achilles. Yeah. Uh, no, patella tendon. Sorry. Uh, you got Trinity Rodman, who's also the daughter of NBA superstar Dennis Rodman. Hmm. Um, I didn't know that. Sophia Smith, who we're going to talk about her a little bit more in depth. Um, you got players like um, uh, Marta the Brazilian superstar, one of the best players of all time. Yeah. Becky Sauerbun, uh, who just celebrated her 200th cap with the U.S. Women's National Team at center back. Yeah. Um, you have Rose Lavelle, the young Cincinnati goal scorer. Um, you just, there is so much abundance of talent and top-level talent in this league. It's ridiculous, right? Uh-huh. Now, with that, in the regular league play, they have played, most teams have played four or three games, yeah. right? The top of the tables right now is the Portland Thorns, right? And they are top of the tables in no small part due to Sophia Smith, the 22-year-old outside attacking player. She typically plays off the right-hand side mm-hmm. of an attacking three. In just four games this season, she has four goals and four assists. She's averaging a goal and assist. She's destroying. At 22 years old. She's trying. Like, that is wild. She is a U.S. women's national team player. She played in both the friendlies against the U.S. or uh, against Ireland that we talked about and covered on the show. Yeah. She will be a starter for uh, the World Cup, uh, hoping nothing like bad happens, right? Like, she is, she should be on that starting lineup. Um, Alex Morgan is sat with three goals already in four games. Like, there are so many players with three goals in just three or four games already. Like, it, if you love attacking soccer, this is a good league for you, right? And you, again, you get to watch the best women's player in the world play. Um, so, good, good stuff there. And with that, I just kind of want to quickly go over. I mean, again, so it is a smaller league. It's 12 teams playing across the country. So you have teams in Portland, Seattle, New York, D.C., San Diego, Houston, uh, Los Angeles, Louisville, um, Chicago, North Carolina, uh, Kansas City has a team, and Orlando has a team. So kind of pretty evenly spread out. You even have some teams in the Midwest. So if you want to go watch top-level soccer in this country, top-level soccer in the world, Go watch a game. Um, I know my mom has season tickets to OL Reign. I've been a few times. It's always good fun, and it's it's good competition level. Yeah. And I think there is differences between the men's and women's game, right? In all sports, there's differences, especially in soccer. Um, 
But the thing I will say that the women's game is better at than the men's game is pinpoint tactical passing. Yeah. Like some of the passes you see in the women's soccer world yeah. is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you want to go see just the game played at a very high technical level, the NWSL, there's no place better. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there for, for our listeners. And you can watch it on a weekend when they're playing the NWSL. Or right now they're in the tournament playing in the uh, um, Challenge Cup. And that's midweek. So you you have no excuse to not go see a game. <laughs> you can watch it midweek. You can watch it on the weekend. Yeah. No matter what your schedule is, go watch a women's soccer game. Um, you won't regret it. Yeah. No, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but it's just... In, at least for North America, I'll say I the level of excitement for me when it comes to watching either a woman or a man is like it's not that far off compared to like like if I was watching like a like a Europe league like if I was watching like Spain football I like it, it, there's like drastic change but the, it's, the, it's there's more history with it and yeah the women's game has deeper roots here yeah and you have the college system which has really helped yeah uh other teams other countries don't have that college system yeah so and there's not really big pass for pro players um out like low level pro players so the college system really helps facilitate yeah. that and develop women's women athletes in this country which just i mean that's why we have that dominance at the mm-hmm. national team level of yeah. 58 games yeah. beaten so i'll be right there with you coach somebody somewhere go watch the games you know you you won't be uh you will not be disappointed at all all right so for our child prodigy uh of the month have we have we did it last month. Yes, I think we, we did. I think we're doing two for this month. Two for this month. Okay. So who you got for us? Do you say you you said it was uh it was part of the uh, USA crowd? Yeah. I mean uh crew. Yes. Yeah. Joshua Winder. He's the player that I said I would have liked to see come in, in the 60th minute and yeah. make a tactical switch to a three back system. Oh yeah. Um, Joshua Winder is playing for um, Racing Louisville. Um, which is a USL team in Louisville, Kentucky, um, which we got to make the trip out. They actually come up to play um, Cincinnati uh, this week, I think, in the U.S. Open Cup, but uh, I'm not going to be able to go. But um, So I, w- I really wanted to go see him play, but we will have to make a trip out because he is not going to be here long. He is not a top, He is a top-level lower league player, young, I think something like 17 years old, and... Typically, when you see those players come up through the USL systems or MLS X Pro, you expect to see them in the MLS. You will not see Joshua Winder in the MLS next season. That's because he's already agreed to a $1.5 million transfer to Benefica in Portugal. Ooh. That's something unheard of for lower division U.S. domestic soccer, right? Like... A player goes from that in to USL Benfica. going to Benfica for one point five million dollars. He must be. There's something special about this kid. He must be high. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's got the frame of a true center back. He, I've seen some interviews with him. He carries himself like a true professional. Uh, I, I, I listened to an interview when he got called up to the U.S. national team. He was hyped, but he did it in such a professional manner. Um, 
the sky's the limit with this kid. And really, I think he is the best defensive prospect that our country has ever produced. So I look at him being definitely on the squad um, next World Cup in four years. And I think he is going to be someone very, very special. I mean, it, it, it's 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 hard to put so much expectation on a 17-year-old at such a tough position like center back. Yeah. Where it's sink or swim type of mentality there, right? You can't really yeah. ease into it. But he's done so well. I'm, I'm yeah. excited to see what he does in Benefica, if he can manage his way into the first team there. Yeah. But a team like Benefica doesn't spend $1.5 million on a metro. Yeah, they don't. Right? So... I think he's going to be something really special. I can almost guarantee you, barring injury, that he will be at the next World Cup representing the U.S. And maybe an outside shot is starting. Getting actual minutes in a World Cup, next World Cup. But I think he is going to be a U.S. men's national team did superstar. Did you say starting? Started. I think maybe off the bench. I mean, 22 years old, that wouldn't be unheard of for the U.S. national team. Okay. I, I think there's a good chance that if he continues on the progression, he could be a starter. Okay. Um, so, yeah, incredibly excited to see what, what Josh Winder does uh, going forward and wish him the best of the luck in Benefica. Mm-hmm. But he is he is going to stick for a little while. I think it's until the summer transfer window. So he's going to stick through the summer and be in the U.S. So got to see him when you can. Oh, we will. We will. All right. Awesome. Well, that wraps it up for us. I don't know if you have anything else you want to add in here, Coach. No, I'm good. All right. Good episode today. Awesome. Great episode. Thanks for being with us today. Always tell a friend who knows a friend who's going to tell a friend that can tell another friend. So A whole lot of friends. A whole lot of friends. So we, we need people who have a whole lot of friends. But uh, uh, thanks for, for listening to us today. Feel free to reach us out in our email, uh, footballprofits at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at football profit, football p- at profits pod. What did I say? Football. Twitter at profits pod, and you can listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, with that, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it, Coach. Good stuff, man. Good. On to the next episode.